You're listening to episode 156 of the Christian Travelers Network. Today's topic is Visiting the Holy Land with Stephen Rogers. You're listening to Christian Travelers Network, the podcast and platform where travel stories, community, and scripture combine. Hi, Christian Travelers. I am so glad that you are here because this month we are focusing on Israel and the Holy Lands. And as we dive into that, I have the pleasure of speaking with Stephen today as he talks about his experience there and how it impacted him and even led to a book. So before we dive into that, I want to once again point you to our website, christiantravelers.net. There you'll find other faith and travel resources, and we're so excited that we will be launching an online platform soon that will allow you to connect with other Christians around the globe, share your travel stories, and plan trips together, along with hopefully doing some online Bible studies and other virtual events. But um, without further ado, Stephen Rogers is a retired business executive, novelist, and speaker. His professional career enabled him to travel extensively around the United States, visit Amsterdam, England, South America, ride in a private jet, tour a nuclear power plant, and stand next to Bill Clinton as the former president shaved in a public restroom. Stephen enjoys writing novels about ordinary people confronting their demons and pushing their limits. Hey, Stephen, how are you doing? Great, Sarah. Thanks for having me today. Yes, it's a pleasure to have you here. Can you tell us a little bit about yourself and how you ended up going to Israel? Sure. Um, well, as you know, you gave my background, and we when I say whenever I say we, I mean my wife and I. We're a very close team. Uh, we've shared. A very similar spiritual arc throughout the time we've known each other. We've known each other forever since we were 19. And uh, a few years ago, uh, her, her dad passed away and she had a small inheritance. And she said, I'd like us to go to Israel with this. Mm-hmm. And uh, my, the way to describe travel in our family is my wife likes to travel with a capital T and I like to travel, but with a little t. So <laughs> If she had her way every six weeks or so, we'd be flying across the ocean somewhere. So I said, okay, let's go. And that's it, six weeks later. Seriously, six weeks later, we were on our way. She found a trip coming out of Richmond, and we went on over. It was great. Nice. <laughs> um, so did you go with a group, or what did that all look like? It was a local, it's a local church that uh, at the time was doing a trip a year to Israel. And uh, some friends of ours had taken the trip and she just made a call and said, do you know if there's one going? And so we ended up connecting with that group. So it was that church and another church teamed up. Uh, Our church group was about 25 people. We had a pastor with us from the church and a guide when we got over there. And it was just 25 great people to spend two weeks with or 10 days with. (laughs) Nice. Uh, During those 10 days, what were some of the things on your itinerary? Oh boy. Um, well, it, it, it's, we started in the desert. And so we did a lot of the Old Testament kind of sites, uh, Masada. We went to Qumran and saw the Dead Sea Scrolls uh, and learned everything about that. Uh, while the Dead Sea, obviously, uh, did various sites throughout the old, the old Testament. And then maybe seven, eight days in, we were in Jerusalem. And then we were in Jerusalem, we saw 
I mean, the list is endless. Uh, Caiaphas's house and the and the courtyard where Peter betrayed Jesus, the garden tomb, uh, the upper room where the oh, this by what according to tradition as they call it, but the upper room where the Last Supper occurred, the Garden of Gethsemane. Uh, one of my favorite stops was it was before we got to Jerusalem, but was and I'm going to pronounce it wrong, but Capernaum. I, I'm terrible at pronouncing the names, but Capernaum. And yeah. then Caesarea Maritima out in the, before we got into Jerusalem. So I, the answer is kind of yes. If you make a list of the places in Israel that you would want to go see, that we saw basically all of them. Nice. I've heard of Capernaum, but the other one, what is that one known for? Well, Caesarea, Caesarea Maritima, and I'm probably pronouncing it wrong, and I apologize for that. Um, it, Herod had a palace there, it's on the ocean. And uh, Paul, uh, the Apostle Paul was imprisoned there and then gave uh, one of the impassioned speeches and acts in this uh, amphitheater type theater that they had there. Um, and they also had the Roman, um, you know, place where they had the gladiator fights and the chariot racers and all that. Mm. Uh, it was just, it was a really neat, it was a great stop. It really was. Nice. Um so had you ever considered or was it even on your radar to visit some of the biblical sites or um, was this kind of just like your hmm. wife's idea? I think it was there as this would be a nice thing to do. It hmm. wasn't at the top of my list. Uh, however, it was at the very top of Kathy's list. So um, it, it, that's really how it ended up becoming a priority. I will say, and well, I'm sure we'll talk about this some more as we go, that it would I would never want to give that trip back. It was mm -hmm. a life-changing event for me, that 10, 11 days that we spent in Israel. It was fantastic. And learning, well, it, it was just fantastic. <laughs> yeah. Um, you want to elaborate on that some more? Um, how sure. did it, it really, how did the trip impact you? Well, it, it, on a personal level, I mean, there's the, I should, I say the basic thing, and this is not a trivial thing, is whenever I read the Bible now, it's a little bit like it's in high definition because I've seen these places and I've felt the heat of Israel and the, the smells, the sounds and all that sort of thing. Mm -hmm. uh, it, more importantly, I believe more importantly is the trip started a transformation in my personal journey where, uh, when I, for instance, I'll give you an example. When I read the Bible now, I'm much more into the how does this help me connect with God and discover God's will for my life mm. versus what is actually happening in this scene. I'm concerned about what's happening in the scene, but I automatically want to figure out what does this mean to me today in my life where I am. And that has led to a massive change in my spiritual outlook and how I'm trying to live day to day. Yeah. Um, did that shift in perspective come from time reflecting at those sites or how did that come about? It really, uh, it, yes, it, it came from time reflecting, but on a long curve or however you want to say it. Uh, it was that combined with you know, I'd go see my pastor and say, this is kind of where I am. And she would recommend a book and that book would combine with the other stuff from Israel or my journaling or whatever. And I, I felt like it was a little step. And, and I want to be really clear. Um, I don't believe anyone's 
figures it, figures this thing out on this side uh, while they're on their earthly walk. I'm just saying that I feel like I'm getting closer to the bottom of the lo- than the curve that leads to God or however you want to say it. And um, I, it, but it's really helped me to it, it puts more meaning into that daily and weekly time I spend in my devotion trying to understand that and i'm definitely less apt to skip it since the trip which was not three or four years ago now but i'm definitely less apt to skip the daily devotion time than i was in the past that's really cool um i feel like it is very tempting for people to skip that devotional piece so so that's (laughs) uh, (laughs) uh that's good that it has impacted you in that way and you mentioned um that you do some journaling. What does that look like with your faith walk? Well, well, you know, it's a really interesting thing. Um, And I journal, I'd say five days a week, maybe six. And uh, matter of fact, I use it enough that my oldest daughter gives me a journal for Christmas every year because it's time for a new one. And probably four or five years ago, a lot of it was anger and frustration and guilt and remorse and me just getting things out on paper. And there's there's been a lot of uh, alcoholism and substance abuse around me, not me personally or Kathy, but around us in our family. And I was working through that. Mm-hmm. And as I've come along, I guess is the best way to put it, or as God, maybe say it a different way, as God has brought me along is a better way to say it. As God has brought me along, it's now becoming much more reflective. And it's really about what does today mean? And what can I do to serve God today Mm. and or learn from God today or walk with God today or some version of those sentences? And uh, now that I say that it probably took a year of journaling to stop worrying about yesterday and tomorrow Mm. in the journals. Uh, And there is no guarantee of tomorrow. So I've managed to, for the most part, move past that. Uh, and I've, for the most part, let go of a lot of the things that bother me from the past. So which I, I write in the day mm-hmm. and kind of see where it takes me throughout the day. Yeah. That's, I don't know if that helps, but that's yeah, kind of it, it's uh, very insightful and um, awesome how God kind of has led you through processing that over mm-hmm. time. I think a lot of times we want to rush our faith life um, or just rush through kind of digging through our past to get to the present. Um, and we don't realize that there is a process. It does take a bit of time sometimes. Well, and, you know, I'm as former business executive accountant, I pretty much, you put a to-do list, cross it off and you can be done in a day, you know? And so I had to learn a lot of patience. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's probably part of the journaling. I imagine if I pulled the old ones out, there'd be a lot about be patient in there. <laughs> Oh, yes, yes. Um, So for someone who might be wanting to go to Israel, what would be some tips that you would share with them? Oh, boy, I would. uh, Well, first, I'd highly recommend it. And I would recommend it regardless of whether you have a a strong, you know, Jewish or Christian or even Muslim faith, because it it, it, um, is a whole link in there, too, um, because it is really the beginning of everything whether you were looking at it from a historical or a faith perspective. So it's a very meaningful trip for anybody. Uh, I think if you are a person of faith, it it could really open things up for you. And I, I would recommend, you had actually, you know, you sent me these questions ahead and or not questions, but ideas. And I would definitely recommend doing it with a group 
mm-hmm. for two reasons. Number one, if you the, the Israeli tour guides know where to go and when to go, and they also know if something's not safe that particular day or mm-hmm. is not the right idea that particular day. And they can give you all the advice about money and everything else. But more importantly, they, they just know the place. Um, and, and they know it so well that, that they're just constantly talking and teaching in a very uh, good way. It's not like a lecture, but they're constantly talking and teaching. And so I, I think I would recommend a group. And, and, and the other reason is, is chances are, if you go with a group, you're, you're very aligned with those other people in the group as far as what you're trying to achieve on the trip. And so relationships and interchange really help, well, I should say, I'll speak for me, really helped me open my eyes to what I was seeing and experiencing. Yeah. Uh, God does make us for Christian community. So it makes sense that yeah. being in that setting, um, not only from the tour guide, but then from your peers processing that information. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and I'm still in touch with people we took the trip with, and we still have conversations about it and what it meant to us and, and that sort of thing. Is there any points you want to hit on? You know, when I talked earlier about the high definition view of the Bible, um, there there were two things on the trip that really uh, brought full circle some of the things in my personal faith journey. And, And one of them, you know, we took a boat out under the Sea of Galilee, and it was a boat that was similar to the one that Jesus was in with the apostles when the squall came, um, and you know, then, you know, everyone panicked and Jesus was taking a nap. And then he says, where is your faith? Well, that particular passage, it's in, um, I, I'm terrible at remembering specific Bible passages, but it's in the story I was looking at was Luke eight twenty-two to 25. Mm-hmm. And that is something that in my corporate life I used a lot was that story because I'm a born worrier and I, I fret a lot. And Whenever there was something going on that I thought might not go the right way, I could almost worry myself to physical illness. Mm-hmm. And then every time it cleared up, I would have this vision of God saying, see, I'll take care of you. I will make sure that things work out. And somewhere in there, I read that reading and that sentence, where is your faith, mm-hmm. really resonated with me. And then to be on the boat and think about that reading it's just kind of like it's it's a full circle thing to the to the faith journey. Um, and then the same thing when we went to the Garden of Gethsemane. And one of the most impactful things to me in that story of the passion is when they when Luke talks about Jesus sweating blood, mm-hmm. um, and what that meant and what that means from a um, physical stress standpoint. I mean, it's a reality. It happens and. Uh, you know, and that's, I guess, Luke 22, and it's like around verse 42, 44, or something like that. And to read that sitting there mm-hmm. and to understand how it had impacted me when I read it before, you know, there's always that part in everybody's faith journey where you're trying to determine whether or not there's a guy with a beard up in the sky or however you want to describe God, <laughs> you know, that that whole, but is he really there? How could he possibly do all that? You know, um, that was a big one that brought me through that piece. So mm-hmm. to be there in the garden and see it uh, and and look around and say, this is probably somewhere in a 20 foot circle or whatever that this happened um, was just incredible. Um, and so those, those are the kinds of things that, and that's not research, that's just part of the journey. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that, it was just amazing 
to experience those two things. Yeah. It sounds like the experience really made it more tangible for you um, because it addressed things like worry and fears mm -hmm. and and that emotional piece that, I don't know, sometimes we kind of neglect, I guess, maybe. Yeah. It, it, yeah it, well, it really did. And and there was, you know, the the probably the outside, we got baptized in the Jordan River as part of the trip. That is clearly the most impactful thing. Well, for me, clearly the most impactful thing that happened. But there was a, when we went to the garden tomb and, you know, this guy explains all this stuff to us and it's just tremendous. You know, you can see where the skull was for Golgotha and all this. But when I came out of the tomb, I sat on a wall and I read the passage from the Gospel of John uh, 20, I think it's 10 to 18, where Jesus appears to Mary. And I read it. Someone had recommended I read it as we were in line waiting to get into the tomb. I remember thinking, I'm looking up here and in my line of sight, this happened. And it just, I got shivers. Um, and I'm, I'm not a super emotional, emoting kind of person. And I got shivers and I was like, wow, this is incredible. And it's things like that that happened to me all through the trip. It was just incredible. Um, and I would, I think anyone would have, not my experiences, but similar experiences in relation to where they are uh, on the trip. Yeah, absolutely. And from this whole trip, you even were inspired to write a book. Yeah, I, I wrote a novel. And boy, that, I'll speak about that for a few minutes. And uh, because it, that's really a big part of the faith journey too. It's, we were, when I retired from, working, I retired to write. Uh, and I started writing short stories. And I was writing, I was trying to be the next Stephen King. That's the only way to describe it. And I was writing some really, um, to say I was writing like Stephen King. So then we were on that flight on the way over. And I told you there's a lot of alcoholism and things like that in our lives. And I said to myself, I wonder what would happen if I was an alcoholic who just got out of rehab and I had to, for some reason, take this trip. And I invented this character on the flight over, who's not me. Everyone thinks it is me because I wrote the book in the first person, but it's not. Um, and then I journaled in his voice as we saw the places. And then when I came back, I got a novel out of it and it got published by a publisher. And, and all that is wonderful. But when I talk, remember a few minutes ago, I was talking about getting rid of the past. Mm -hmm. I didn't realize this until recently because someone asked me to go speak about uh, the book is that I did not release my anger and fear and guilt and all of that until I finished the first draft of the book, mm -hmm. which basically means the book's just a big fat journal entry. <laughs> and I was, I was talking to Kathy about that a couple of weeks ago and she says, well, I know she's talking to me. I know you're not addicted to, to alcohol, she said, but you must be addicted to something. And I realized that I was addicted to those feelings. They were a fallback for me where I could, if I was frustrated or whatever, I could say, oh, it's just all this stuff. And I could get angry about it. And that cleaned out a lot of my heart. So mm -hmm. it's the whole, the book's done, but it also really helped me on my personal journey. Um, wow. And, and I'm just having so much fun with the book. It's just fantastic. Uh, so you know, all of it's great. And it's, it's half travelogue, half piece of fiction. That's the best way to describe it. If, if you 
it takes you through the whole tour, through all the different things we talked about, and it takes you in this guy's brain, um, which is not a fun place to be. (laughs) (laughs) Well, that's really cool that not only this trip, but the... I guess, novel writing, uh, Mm -hmm. like changed you and continued that faith formation piece for you. It really has. And it's just been an amazing three or four years. Just in, this is going to sound terrible. What I'm about to say is that the, for me, the COVID shutdown forced me to finish the darn thing and then get it submitted off to the publisher and edited and all that. And so for me, it wasn't the worst thing in the world when I had to basically lock myself in the house for a year and just <laughs> crank on this thing. So, <laughs> yeah, um, especially if from all of that, um, there was such transformation in your own thinking. Yeah. It really has been a big change for me. Yeah. So, as we're nearing the end of today's episode, what other faith and travel advice would you have for Christians um, about mm-hmm. Israel or just about travel and faith in general? Well, I think, well, I've come to the, it's, it's funny I'm about to say what I'm about to say, because I just talked about how a year of lockdown was a good thing for me, but um, good things happen when you get out of the house. I think that's the, that's what, I mean, I've always intuitively known that, but it's become a very cogent thought with me over the last couple of years. And I think getting out and seeing the world, and we've been blessed that we can afford to do these things. So I'm not suggesting that everyone can just take trips, but we've been blessed that we can do that. Getting out and seeing the world really has broadened my horizon. And I think it'll broaden anyone's horizon. And I think for, for Christians to see the, the sites, like I can give you, like, I'm, we're going to go to Scotland next week. And part of what we're doing is going to the island of Iona, which is a island that has a monastery and, a, and an old convent, and it's a place for pilgrimage. So we're basically going to do a pilgrimage for a week of the trip. And I'm actually going to do research for the second book in my series on the trip, but that's not why we're going. It, it, that's part of the reason, but it's just to get out and see it and help us on our own faith journeys. Um, mm-hmm. And so I think get out and get around, even if it's local, you just get out and see things and talk to people. And, um, it, you know, it's what you said at the beginning, Christian community. It, you know, I have a Bible study without those seven or eight guys, I mean, I'm not sure where I'd be in life because they've, it's this little safe place for an hour and a half every week. And it's that type of thing. I think get out and around and see it. And a lot of people are really going to hesitate to travel um, because they just, I probably was like this. I just, I was very, uncertainty always made me uncomfortable. Mm. But if you line up a guide or you just, get something that's organized. You don't have to worry about that. And there's, there's price points all over the place for, I mean, you can go, you can go with a guide at all different price points. It doesn't have to be this big souped up vacation. And, um, yeah. That's what I would say. <laughs> You're absolutely right. Oftentimes when we uh, get out the door, um, we step into God's creation and we're reminded of the creator, but not only that, um, while we're traveling, we are also step outside of our routine. And, and yeah. it's in those moments we have to put our trust in God. Um, and it's so easy when we're at home and in our routine to not realize it, but when we're out, side of our routine. Um, there is just that extra dependency on him. I th- yeah. And, and it's been tremendous for us. Uh, I'm glad my wife gives me those pushes. In, uh, 
<laughs> and we go to these places. <laughs> um, well, one of the questions that we always ask our guests is what has been your biggest God moment in all of your travels? Mm -hmm. It's a great question. And I think the biggest one was the baptism in the Jordan River uh, when we were in Israel. It just, just because, I mean, that's, that's big, right? That's the biggest one. And just to kind of renew everything, because I had been baptized, but to renew everything there in that setting, it was truly a figurative and literal cleansing that, that occurred. And it was, at, it was at a perfect point in the trip for that. Uh, the, the other one was uh, probably the person I relate most to in the Bible is Peter, St. Peter, because of his just sheer, he's, he has so much uh, energy and he's impetuous, you know, and he, you know, well, okay, don't wash my feet, wash my whole body, you know, that type of thing. And when we we went to Rome a few years ago and we, I looked at his tomb, you know, the candles around the place above where his tomb at St. Peter's Basilica, and that was very moving to me also. Mm -hmm. uh, they, so they're, they're kind of big events, but those were the two things I think were the biggest God moments on my trips, um, among many, many others. But yeah, those are yeah. the biggest God moments. Yes. Awesome. Well, thank you for sharing. Uh, how can our uh, how can our guests connect with you outside of today's episode? Well, I have a website, and it's Stephen S T E V E N dash Rogers dot com, and my bio's there. There's information about the book, and I also do a monthly blog that is just silly little observations about life, like watching my daughter date or foods I don't like to eat, you know, that kind of thing. Um, I'm going to post one Monday that's about when I went and got a mani-pedi with my wife. Um, but that's there. And But that, that website, you can find ways to connect with me through, the, you know, this is a Connect with Steve page and my email and, and all that. And um, is it okay if I hold up the book? And, yeah, go for and, it. And, and this is the book, and on the website you can see it, but it's called Into the Room. And it's Into the Room because... My theory evangelically is our job is to get people into the room with God and mm -hmm. then let God work it out as opposed to me pushing you into the room and then telling you how to live. Um, mm -hmm. I think that's all between someone and God. And so that's why it's called into the room. And uh, so that's all outlined on the website. But that's the best way to get in touch with me. It's really, I mean, I'm on Facebook, Stephen Rogers Writer and SR Books for Hope on Twitter. Uh, but the, but the easiest way is the website. Awesome. Well, we'll make sure to have links in the description below so that you guys can connect with Stephen. Uh, thank you so much for uh, sharing your story with us today. Well, thank you. Thank you so much for having me. This has been a lot of fun. Yes, I really enjoyed it. Well, Christian Travelers, I hope that you have enjoyed today's episode and that you'll go check out Stephen's book. And uh, maybe it'll be something to even inspire you to go to Israel as well. But if you enjoyed today's episode, I encourage you to hit the subscribe button, share this episode with a friend, and leave a review. Those are three great ways to continue to uh, grow this podcast and encourage others to look at their travels through a Christian perspective. If you like today's episode, another episode to check out would be episode 101, What Holy Sites and Cities Are Associated with Christianity with Susan and Rick McCarthy. Thank you so much for tuning in today, and until next time, safe travels and God bless.